have our be real. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to do it before, but Bart was like dicking around with a bad mic. <laughs> nice shoe, nice shoe collection. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he is listening. Oh, he's got to dig through a bag of cords. Does that bother anybody? <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. So go ahead and finish that up. Oh, it's gone. Okay. This is great for the blooper reel. No, this is fantastic. I should have been recording when you're doing the rest of the Beatles stuff, but Bart was like, "We're doing great content. <laughs> We're having a little trouble. Got a bit of trouble finding the right chord. <laughs> he told me it was A, but it's really B." I told you once, I told you a thousand times, it's one, two, three, four. Shut up, John. It's a USB mini, not a USB C. No, they're all like, oh, here we go. There it is. Let's see if there's a longer one. I'm already in. A garment. Nice. Is is Donna on the mic? What? She's oh. <laughs> I burped and he asked if Don was on the mic. That's not that's not a burp. wasn't that good by uh, some of these these two usual what happened to your other cord Bart um I smashed it with my chair oh <laughs> why'd you do that mate <laughs> doing it on purpose tearing up the room, tearing like up the room. My power so, supply is dead. Uh, is that, okay, um, let me guys volume my like, you at. Say something. Let me say something. Yo, 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 yo. Okay, can you hear yourself on mine? Nah. What? But it's not through your mic still. How do you know? Because it's echoey. <laughs> Are you saying my blue snowball normally isn't echoey? No, it's normally not. Move it, yes. Nothing. Nothing. You no, know, he's doing a test. He's doing an audio test. Oh. Right, and we're letting him know that we can't hear him. Who can't hear me? <laughs> We couldn't hear you because you like muted because it muted you because you were doing that test. You're saying I still sound echoey? Yeah. Uh, No, that's better. Yeah, that's better. How about now? Yeah, there it is. No, still. I mean, I don't know what else the problem would be unless the cable sucks for some reason. Like, if that would make a difference, but I don't think it should. 
don't know. It seems like uh, it's not as maybe, good. But maybe, oh, here we go. Here we go. What about this? Oh, yeah. that might, You might be speaking into the wrong end. How about now? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I don't like it when people speak out of the wrong, uh, speak out of the wrong end. <laughs> okay. That what? was a good one, Mark. <laughs> Okay, one last I'm, I'm gonna do that the whole real quick. <laughs> do that the whole podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Ooh. But <laughs> Whose album is this, anyway? It's my album. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, Brother Matt is coming over tomorrow to help me take down some trees. Yeah. I'm going to pick his brain a little about being a guest for my next turn, perhaps. Matt? Matt <laughs> would be very interesting. Yeah. Matt would be a hysterical guest, I think. He's very... <coughs> my brother is uh, 64. He's never stopped listening to new music. Um, really? Yeah. Love uh, to hear his opinions on WAP. <laughs> we still talking music? <laughs> do, you, do you even know what that is? Have you no, heard you that? Don't want to, no, he doesn't need to know. You don't. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Um, but yeah, so I'll have that uh, conversation tomorrow, and then based on what he says, I'll see if I allow him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what you would pick to have him on as a guest. I would assume it's an album that you share, that you listen to at a similar time period or something. I mean, you, it's something that he, you know he'd be familiar with, I'd imagine, right? No, I would just say, what would what would you, him, personally pick? Oh, I mean, a few of his albums when I was growing up that I listened to would be my own ones, you know. Why? why okay. Him do yeah, it? yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, that would that oh, would be the point. On. Would be for him to pick his own, like Steve. Um, I'd be. <clears throat> it'd be interesting to know if he picks something old or if he picks something current because he's always uh, listening to new stuff. Right. I don't know if we do this right now or we do it sometime later. Just oh. as a, a brief call later, uh, not today, maybe later in the week, but to get this intro <laughs> thing that I was mentioning down, you know, we'd take turns doing the intro. Well, what were you saying, Bart? You want to script it? Yeah, I would like to script it. So that, that pre -recorded. way. Pre-recorded. Yeah, it's just pre-recorded. We do it every time. But were you saying that we each record our own intro for our own weeks or like we all record a portion of the intro? Yeah, what? a portion of the intro. And then, of course, there'd be, you know, the person who's weak it is, it would still, they would still introduce it after that intro. The intro would just be like explaining what the podcast is. That way we don't have to say it each time, you know. Can we explain what this is, really? I think it's <laughs> not that difficult, <laughs> I mean, we could probably say a vague sentence or two. Yeah. yeah. Just in parentheses, madness ensues. <laughs> so, you know, at some point we should do that. Um, yes, we should. Yeah. Right uh, cool. We get the graphics figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Need those too. You working on those, Bart? I, well, yeah. don't we have to... Don't we have to vote on that or something? 
Yeah. Well, we yeah, asked him to make a few. And I actually didn't mind some of the ones you did. So, like, we could always revisit those, too. And those, the thing about those is that we just have to buy them. That's why. Oh. Well, in that case, I'll just make, I, I mean, I'll just make clones of them in Photoshop. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, no worries. I can do that. It's easy peasy. Just make them just enough different. <laughs> so they're not a copyright problem. Well, I don't... Okay. Sure. What's they probably end up... They probably end up being... There's a bat in your room, Kale. Have you not seen that before? It's a little eagle hanging off his face. <laughs> no, I've never noticed that's, it. That's yeah. never been on the pod before. Yeah. It has. Um... <laughs> Not unless it was last week when I was on my phone and I couldn't. No, that's as long as he's been in that room. That's always been there. No, yeah, bro. He hasn't wrong. been in that room long. When he started, he was in that room, <laughs> and then like three podcasts you know later, he was you know at his I'll, aunt's I'll house. Check or whatever. I'll check the tapes. Okay, okay, I'd love to see it. I mean, I and then I'd love to hear that you're wrong because you are. That's always been there. Should I be recording this as well? I have it recording, but if you want to. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, maybe I should too. Once it's done right. Sure, man, if you your, want. <laughs> no, I'm fucking. Um, is Bart's uh, video like oddly out of like pixely for you guys? Like, Okay, that's probably going to be my internet and that okay. might be a problem tonight i don't know just starting two nights ago it, uh, it's consistent every night too it, it starts happening at like 8 30 p.m we'll yeah. start having random internet interruption okay um I, I don't know why it doesn't happen during the day um i i don't know so if well, we, i if we know I, what plan b is if i spot. if i dc that's what's happening okay no problem um is everyone ready? Everyone got their notes? Do you have questions? Um, yeah. I mean, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them. I don't have any side questions. I'm very bad at asking questions like that, so feel free to ask them. Um, I'm sure Bart would be Who the Who are these guys? Who are these people? They've been around forever, evidently. And uh, what's their story? Where are they from? I don't, I don't know. I don't have a big old history about them, but... Yeah, they've been around. Uh, they, I mean, I do have, I do know a little bit of history. Um, they are from somewhere in the UK. <laughs> um, it's got to uh, be. I yeah, think it's yeah. like Yorkshire or something like that because there is a bit of slang that he uses when he says "summit." That is Yorkshire for something. Uh, it's not a big island. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, none of them could really play instruments before they started a band, uh, and then they just decided they're all going to start playing, and they they made a band. They started playing in local pubs. Uh, they recorded a little CD that they were handing out um, that didn't have any name on it. It didn't have a name of the album, but fans, and it was spread across the internet, whatever, and fans gave it a name, like, Under the Bridge or something like that, but it was never officially named like that. And you've got songs that appear in later albums um, that didn't show up on necessarily their debut album when they actually got uh, signed. Uh, but yeah. Um, I would say the Arctic Monkeys are a teenage coming of age essential for uh, American high schoolers 
from the 2000s into the 2010s and um i mean maybe still i don't maybe i don't know about anymore but yeah i mean at least a decade it seems like everybody runs into these guys at some somehow or another yeah i mean i wasn't very familiar um like at all until um like i was introduced to this album which was like maybe a year or two ago so like it wasn't a big english rock band that would be say like franz ferdinand or you know like them that uh so i think i might have missed that um but i think would you i mean are you suggesting franz ferdinand is bigger than arctic monkeys no just the one song that he has that everyone knows all right, because I was going to say, I don't know. I think Arctic Monkeys got to be one of the most popular rock bands. Yeah, no. Like, as far as modern ones. Yeah. Like, if not the most. Um, but I think, especially with this uh, album coming out, I think uh, teenagers nowadays have become very much more familiar, especially with AM, whether it be... Um, I don't I don't think it's much of their older albums unless they do a deeper dive, which I don't think teenagers these days are doing. Um, to be fair, I think they're looking at their top five most popular and listening to that. Uh, me being, I, I was a big, uh, you know, I did that a lot. Up until Says the guy one year removed from being a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, well, I, 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 I was so saying that I was a big violator of that. Out of all of us, he's probably the biggest authority on teens. <laughs> um... I was saying I I was the biggest I was a big violator of that as well. I didn't start doing album dives until like we started this podcast, and even then it was like a few months afterwards. And we've been doing this album dive. Like we, we've been doing this like over a year now, almost two at this point, and we haven't released really? one. I think this will be probably the first one I release, um, just because the we, other ones I feel like aren't that long already. Yeah, I mean we had long breaks too. I mean like. You know, over, I think over the winter, Bart's like, mm, no, no more album, uh, no more podcast time is how he has been. But mm-hmm. I think, I think he switched it up a little bit. So what do they have? Like 10 albums or so? Um, this, they have six. Oh, okay. Uh, this so is the not fifth. As, well, uh, not as prolific as I would thought maybe at first. Um, I, I think they're prolific. I think they just take their time with albums. Um, I think they have a few EPs now and then as well. Okay. Um, and they've been around. They've been around longer than when their first album came out. Like they were fairly well known, even the sta- even a little bit in the states, uh, because of that uh, CD I told you about that they were giving away for free before they were signed. Um. Anyways. Uh, what happened to Bart? I. It's his internet. I think he mentioned it. Oh boy. Okay. Haven't really introduced it yet, but uh, yo, it's just passing notes. Uh, uh, this week, uh, I chose the album. It's Arctic Monkeys AM, as we've been talking about. Uh, I'm joined by my guests. Uh, not my guests, my co-hosts. Uh, my dad, Mark Hansen. Say something. Hola. There you go. Hola. Cal uh, Jones, my good friend. What's up? And Bart, who just disconnected. Yo. Uh, that was Bart. <laughs> uh, so, AM is the Arctic Monkeys' fifth studio album, but the first album, they decided to take off their training wheels, you could say, 
uh, or their weighted clothes and stopped limiting themselves to making music that they knew they could play everything in live shows. This was the first album. They're like, okay, we can branch out a bit and not limit ourselves to doing things that we know we can do in live situations. Uh, hence the extensive use of like echoes and like post-production stuff that you hear in some of these songs. Um, you know, like him backing himself, which he obviously can't sing two parts at once. So, boom. The AM is the band's uh, initials and also AM radio. It's a little hint at that. Um, the lead singer, Alex Turner, has says he just straight up stole the idea from the Velvet Underground's VU record. Um, uh, the album has been hugely successful, earning the Mercury Prize for 2013 Best Album and called the same by NME Magazine. Even put on NME's list of 500 greatest albums of all time. I think it was number 442 or something like that. So... Down there. What did you say? A bit down there, but still good. Yeah, no. I mean, of all time, I mean... Oh, that sounds pretty good. That's pretty There's good. been a lot of time. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, but isn't that a British publication? Yes, probably. So, you know. Oh, okay. Best, best of all time. So we can just British. write it off then. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know? What do they know? Yeah. I think um, an accent is appropriate right here. Yeah, I'm not sh- uh I don't want to like delve too deep into it with Bart not here. Uh, so yeah it's been pretty pretty largely um critically acclaimed um oh here's a man maybe he looks better what is that orange is my favorite color that's just a logo it's freaky Yeah. yeah Oh, bring, mass internet. Oh, you look much better now, though. Yeah, I'm using my phone as a hotspot instead. <laughs> there you go. So hopefully, I don't have to, hopefully that will stop it from happening a second time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Should we oh, should we re- should we redo this? No, we just need to roll. Okay, okay. I'm ready uh, to roll. Maybe we can edit this in. I'm also joined by my older brother Bart Hansen. Did he say yo? Uh, Did he say something? Hi, guys. Yeah, there you go. Bart (laughs) here. All right. Uh, I just gave a little bit of background on the album, Bart, and we're about to jump into Do I Want to Know, the first song on the album. I think the order we're going to go today, I think I'm going to switch it up. I want Kale to go first. Um, I don't think he's had a first (gasps) place spot. And then we'll go... You know, I'm going to save Bart to last. We're going to go Kale, Dad, Bart, and then I'll go. Okay. Okay. Uh, so much more listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But Dad seems to struggle with that, so maybe I should have put him first. <laughs> go ahead, Kale. Damn. Ow. Somebody hit the roast button Boom. on the sound <laughs> we gotta That's have a, a sound drop roasted you know it happened one time <laughs> and you verbatim three said times. what i had already said three three times okay uh, it, never mind once twice three times a lady yeah okay 
Go ahead, Kev. All right, let's kick do this, I want to know? Kick this bad boy off. Uh, do I want to know? Um, right off the bat, a really nice beat to open us uh, up. Um, I was blown away, first of all, by how many of these um, songs on this album in particular were big deals, like big hits uh, and staples for their live shows. So luckily... Shocker. I got to look up a lot of live shows, uh, which is awesome. Um, so if you're on the YouTubes, I would recommend the uh, the Austin City Limits from, I think, 2013 or 2014. Uh, there's that's also... That's comedy. <laughs> there's also... Uh, um, also a Red Bull... Um, I think it's like a Red Bull something or other from uh, I think like 2015. I liked that one a lot. That I think it's it's more of a private setting and I kind of liked it. It was a little bit more stripped back. Not quite acoustic, but still stripped back. And then there's a, a TRN SMT festival version of this, which I also really like. Now, the song itself has a really nice beat. Um, the first thing that immediately struck me, because I, of course, am in the same boat um as Mark, I really, I've only heard Arctic Monkeys like in passing. Um, somebody would just be like, "Oh, you like this song?" and I would say, "Yeah," and they would say, "Oh, it's the the Arctic Monkeys." I'm like, "All right," and I wouldn't think about it. <laughs> um, but I was aware of their status. I knew they were big, like Bart said, amongst uh, people who are, um, I would say, who graduated high school in the early 2000s and into the 2010s, um, all that stuff. So my first impressions were pretty much, uh, this is unique. This is a strange kind of uh, sound that I've never really heard anything quite like it. It's very distinct. Um there are a handful of moments which are, I think, really, really clever musically. Um, and I am a big fan of, uh, what's the lead singer's name again? Alex probably, Turner. Alex Turner. I'm going to talk about him a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Alex Turner's voice. Um, it's very unique and reminds me of, uh, I'll get into that in later tracks. Um, really nice falsetto in the chorus, which is refreshing. Um, and a really nice bass sound. Um, overall, I was I didn't really. This one didn't encourage me to dig super deep. It's a nice song. I enjoy it, um, and it's got an interesting feel for the beginning. Yeah, I felt like this uh, to me seemed kind of edgy. Uh, it reminded me of this uh, a suspenseful jewel thief song, maybe a movie by Guy Ritchie, uh, with this on the soundtrack. Uh, I, I thought it was a very modern Bond-like guitar sound, and I don't know that just took me took me there. Uh, I thought it was a very cool vibe uh, throughout this song, but it was lacking in the hook department, which you know is my specialty. But a pretty strong intro to the Arctic Monkeys, I thought, for me, and my curiosity was piqued. Right. So I think that probably everybody here, I can say I have most Arctic Monkey experience, right? Without, uh, you know, trying to sound arrogant or anything. I would say Just early Arctic Monkeys album. experience. Wow. Oh, okay. Of course you would. <laughs> um, 
Kale, I think you're right about the cleverness, but not just about the song. I think that that's kind of an Arctic Monkeys thing is cleverness with lyrics and cleverness with phrasing and maybe cleverness with certain musical things. So, you know, there's definitely things, even though I would say this album sounds differently than what I'm used to or what I was used to, which were albums from like 2006 and 2007, I think, is when the two I'm thinking of came out. Um, the first being... Um, whatever you think I am, that's what I'm not, I think is what it's called. Yep. And the other one, I can't remember the name of, but it has Fluorescent Adolescent on it, which is one of their most popular tracks, at least was. I assume it still is. Yeah. Um, it's like a cartoony looking one, I think, like a cartoony picture of a building. Yeah, no. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so first few listens didn't okay, grab me right away because it wasn't exactly what I wanted or like what I was... Just not, not maybe not exactly what I wanted, but just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, but it definitely grew on me, and this song maybe more than almost any other song on the album. Um, my first listen, I was like, man, what is this? <laughs> it sounded, I don't know, maybe kind of modern stadium rocky at first, but uh, I think to me at least, the riff is undeniably turns into an earworm, um, and I find it just popping into my head. The, it just, I don't know, it gets in there. Mm-hmm. So um, what's the riff? <laughs> I mean, you can loop that back. Um, and I don't know, I, there's not a ton going on in this song, but I don't think it really matters because the riff is so catchy and the chorus of does this feeling go both ways? I mean, gets the message across nicely and I think sets the tone for the next few songs, which are going to have a theme. Yeah. Do I want to know is Arctic Monkey's biggest song to date. The band is infamously cheeky with this song off and starting live shows off right off the bat with the song. Um, just kind of as an intro, they're like, boom, we're going to hit you with this. Uh, if this is what you were wanting. Uh, now you gotta stick around uh, this song is what broke the band in the US to be super widely known more widely known than it was um, and now you can see like popular figures like Dua Lipa singing it in live concerts um, so yeah I mean obviously it's made a huge impact in uh, this album alone Alex Turner has changed his accent to be a little easier on the ears of American listeners, but it still slips in. Uh, most evident in this song was the line that sticks around like summit in your teeth. Uh, summit being slang for uh, something in Yorkshire. Uh, the song is such a banger uh, with the heavy drums and bass that make it perfect for just blaring on speakers or in the car. Uh, the guitar is fantastic and this song, while not being very fast, sets you up uh, for the next song where the tempo is picked up just ever so slightly uh and that song being are you mine oh i think it's i just want to say quickly yeah go ahead i do when in doing my uh youtube and live research um i found there's a, a ton of people cover them like i mean a ton of people <laughs> um like everybody from uh from a hosier to uh uh, there was somebody, yeah, Dua Lipa, as you said, and there's like a handful of others. And I think it's this song in particular that's been covered quite a few times, like in acoustic versions. So I just, that's that's interesting too. So if you're into covers, feel free to look up a few of those. Yeah. 
With that being said, yeah. uh, uh, this second track, woo, man, uh, are you mine? This is cool. This is a really cool, unique sound. We're back at it. This is heavier. It's got more of a rockier edge. Um, without drawing the comparison too conclo- too closely, I got. I was thinking Led Zeppelin like the whole time. I mean, there were just a few choices that were. Uh, screamed Led Zeppelin to me like the choices um, vocally and drumming wise were awesome Um, the drummer is amazing whoever the drummer is in this band is fantastic Um, the acapella sections or moments that are sort of like out of time with the music are also awesome and of course uh, again remind me of Led Zeppelin Um, and awesome guitar work at the towards the end of the song before they go back and repeat um the verse or the not quite the chorus but like the pre-chorus or something like that um that's another thing that i noticed about their lyricism not only was i lacking in in hook of any kind i was lacking in where is the verse and where is the <laughs> chorus and where is the what are we in a refrain like what is happening um which hey i'm down but i mean i was just i was kind of it's interesting considering the uh uh the sound that they're going for um yeah, I like the acapella sections and the uh, the guitar riff. The, the, this song rocks. It's just, it's awesome. It sounds great. Agreed that it rocks, and uh, the singer flies through the lyrics very quickly. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, didn't get used to that, and I didn't feel they matched up to the music very well. Um, I thought this song is a little more hooky than the last one. Uh, primarily due to the Are You Mine in the chorus. Um, and I've already s- decided two songs into this that I like the singer's voice, even though this phrasing, if you can even call it phrasing, it was just like, um, <laughs> didn't care for that part. Um, but to me, the music on the track, yes, it rocks, um, but it sat there for me it was like is this a black sabbath cover band what is this uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't do it musically it didn't do it for me uh like I say enjoy the singer but the music on this song maybe it's just too heavy for the old man hmm. i'm not sure bird is with us no i would say <laughs> that's a freeze frame yeah, there Funny. he goes. God dang it. Now he's gone. That typically means he's going to pop back in here any second now. Yes. We apologize for these uh, <laughs> technical difficulties. Well, here, let me make a few comments. It's going to be the longest podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Steve's not here. Welcome uh, back. We're on our last song of the album. <laughs> uh, uh, let me make a comment about uh, the fast speaking here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, this song was heavily influenced by rap music. Um, that's oh. mainly why you see that kind of phrasing. He has mentioned um, 
that during this time they're listening to a lot of Drake and Lil Wayne, um, especially, and he talks about the first line uh, being, uh, what is that first line? Um, I'm a puppet on a string, silver lining. Wait, I'm a puppet on a string, Tracy Island. So you know he, so he describes what he's talking about, and then talks and then says what he's talking about, which he, which they find often in rap music during that time, uh, from Drake and Lil Wayne. So he talks Shooter about Hill that. Gang. Yeah. So he talks about that, uh, you know, being an influence for this song, especially. Okay. Uh, yeah. But are you mine? What a fucking tune, man. Very Whoa. deserving of being their second most popular song. Uh, it, it just playing out simple rocks. As soon as you hear that whammy guitar note, you better buckle up because you're going for one hell of a ride. Everything about the song is just fucking sex, dude. What, what kind of a rating are you trying to get the podcast here? The beginning line, I already said that. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, you got to love the instrument break where you, they make use of the stereo sound playing in different ears. I feel like it's very tastefully done, and I don't feel like I hear a lot of that now. Uh, you know, I think feel like it's developed a little bit since, you know, the Beatles where the singing is all in one ear and then the instruments are on the other ear. Uh, so if you have the left ear out, all you hear is drums and tuba. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's a good idea. <laughs> uh, 10 out of 10 song for me, though. God damn. Such a great song, especially for listening while you're on the road. That kind of ruins my transition. I can see that. Yeah. My transition was going to be my my transition was going to be such a great song especially for listening while you're on the road and speaking of takes us to our next song one for the road. What's <laughs> well, close? Funny. We're doing like a whole like David Lee Roth DJ like man we're getting ready for this next track. We're getting we ready for this moving next track. <laughs> You better Hell, buckle yeah. up for this next one. Yeah, I'd be banging on the button right about now. <laughs> Bart, are you here? What does it look like? You're warping in from uh, what planet? I'm not sure. Well, we can hear you. If, if you want to put in your thoughts about Are You Mine, we can hear you at least. What do you mean? What does my video look like? Two squares going around and around. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. You're probably loading in, so just nope. don't worry about it. Oh, he gone. Oh. Oh, here's back. Oh. oh. This, this one was pace. supposed to happen without a hitch. Oh, there's the man. Oh, no, we boy. can't hear him. <laughs> It's like trying to contact alien life. Yeah, this is going to be so much work edit- editing this. This was supposed to be the first one. <laughs> why does it? Why does it have to be me having the problem? Why can't, why can't it be one of you guys having the problems? Let's hear your opinions on Are You Mine, Bart. Yeah, okay. Um, well, first, I think it's a nice transition from the first track. I think that, you know, thematically they're great and they sound pretty similar, but they kind of blended together to, for me on uh, most of my listens. Um, 
I love the phrasing at the beginning of the chorus, chorus that I go crazy and then the burn -na -na -na, burn -na -na -na, I think that's great. Um, and there's an awesome falsetto backtrack. Um, I think that picks up like halfway through the song or so that I really like, but I'm, I'm a sucker for falsetto whenever, you know, so, um, but otherwise, I mean, we're going to have a, we're going to have a stretch here where these aren't my favorite, but I really like the back half of Oh. <laughs> and I I continue to not understand what's going on at all. So you like the back half, the back. <laughs> yes, I like the back half of the album. Okay. All right. Uh, what for the road there, Cam? <laughs> need one for the road uh one for the road nice falsetto really nice sound um uh, another really strong drum track and this is where i'm starting to put it together a little bit i'm going you know for as much as i listen to the band i like to listen to the influences of the band as they appear in the music sometimes i go oh well this sounds like maybe they were influenced by this or maybe they were influenced by that um and i'm starting to put together kind of this like they have i feel like they have just as much an affinity for uh for classic rock as i think they might for as you suggested rap music um which is interesting because i was it makes me understand the lyrics a little bit better if i know that they kind of come from uh, rap music a little bit um there's a lot of like throwback rhythmic choices back to like double time sixties beats, like the do, 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 do. I was like, Oh, that's kind of a sixties kind of feel. Uh, and I like that. Um, I wrote a note, which is very specific. Um, I wrote appropriate guitar solo. <laughs> I was like, yes, it's exactly what it should be. It's not over the top. It's not trying to be more than it is. I think it fits with the song really, really well. Um, I made a comment on a couple podcasts ago um, about a rap solos or having a featured rap section and that if the rap doesn't fit with the rest of the song, it sticks out. I would say the same thing is true for instrumental solos, um, especially when it comes to the band itself. And I think... Uh, this solo pretty much convinced me that um, their guitar player knows what he's doing, man. Um, so I, this is another great one. Um, I like the uh, Live at Austin City Limits one from 2013. Live, uh, great. And that's another thing. Let me talk about that real quick. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just real quick. Dude, they <laughs> Stop! <laughs> what an electrifying stage presence. Dude, I would go see these guys live. They have, like, a presence that's really awesome, and they're a live band. I mean, for as much as we can critique this album, I think they're a live band. Um, uh, Alex Turner comes alive when he's uh, in front of an audience, and uh, <laughs> that's all I have to say. And Kale is trolling us again. He knows we didn't look up any of the live stuff, and now he's going, "Oh, it's so great!" Oh, I mean, is he for real? I don't know. Um, I have to refer to my notes on this one. Coming up, um, the next song, for example, uh, among others, but 
really the next one. Um, there are lines that will not leave my head and are so, so good. Uh, I have to rely on my notes on this song, however, because I don't remember anything about it. Uh, it is not one that's stuck in my head. And my notes say, I like that the lyrics don't come at you at warp speed like they do on the last two. I say, it's okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I that's in my notes too. One of the weaker tracks. Um, but the chorus that is very, uh, very catchy and still singable. Fair. Um, I'm surprised none of you mentioned this. Uh, this song uh, stars Queen of the Stone Age's frontman, Josh Hom. Uh, if you guys didn't know, he's in the background there. Uh, really? Yeah. This is his first appearance. He has a second one. Uh, at, what do you know about Queens of the Stone Age? Not a whole lot, but I'm planning on checking them out afterwards. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Next week on Passing Notes. But I'm surprised none of you mentioned it. Uh, he appears later on Knee Socks. Um, I think it's a very cool track uh, with very dark and heavy drums and bass. With a, I think the guitar is like very contrasting in a good way. It's like a lighter, tighter sounding guitar than the rest of the band, which is like kind of darker. And especially in the solo, I feel. Um, but I think for it makes for a very interesting composition of the song. Um, it's not my favorite song, but I still find it very quality. Um, and I still have it saved. Um, and our next song is uh, Arabella. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hello? He broke his mic. Who's Mike? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, skip me for a hot sec. Mark, you roll. I got to look up the lyrics. Okay. Uh, I like the strong per percussion intro uh, juxtaposed with the cute little keyboard riff. It's like, oh, okay, this is, this is cool. Um, <laughs> I love, love, love the descriptive lyrics and the chorus. What? Uh, Arctic monkeys with a smoking hot hook that jams. So, so catchy. And I wonder if he's looking up the lyric I am about to spew, which is been in my head all week long. Uh, the horizon tries, but it's just not as kind on the eyes. I think that's a great line. Such a great, great line. Uh, guitar solo, yes, please. Uh, tremendous. Uh, it's, a, it's a great love song that really, really rocks. And it is my favorite song on the album. I assume it's like among the top streamed songs. Uh, I think it's number... Gotta be. Gotta it be. Is... Number six. Love this song. Great jam. Behind Do I Want to Know, which is number one, Are You Mine is number two, and Why Do You Only Call Me, high? Call me When You're High is three. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, here's a little quote yeah. from Dad before Kale goes. Uh, when I first played this song for him, I doubt he remembers. Uh, I think it was on a late car ride home from either Waterloo or Vinton. He said, <laughs> now that is music. This is good yes. music. Yes. <laughs> it is. 
agree. I agree full heartedly. I I love this song from the instrumental opening. That which reminds me of uh, David Bowie's Fame, which with that I love that. That's awesome. Uh, fun uh, lyrics dipping dripping with '60s references, including Helter Skelter, um, Interstellar Gator Skin Boots. What a great great. <laughs> piece of wordplay uh i agree that um that the horizons that the horizon tries but it's just not as kind on the eyes is great but i am a big fan of her lips are like the galaxy's edge and her kiss is the color of a constellation falling into place dude (laughs) yeah who's not fallen for that right that's it's awesome uh killer drumming murderous drumming on this track awesome 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 more uh zeppelin stuff with the uh just the riff um awesome track awesome it's crazy that you guys had such a visceral reaction to this one because this one just never really grabbed me um (laughs) i i read that it was uh what Alex's favorite song that he wrote on the album. Yeah. I was surprised to see that too. I mean, the lyrics are high quality, no doubt. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have anything explicitly bad to say. Just this one didn't really grab me. I do. I will say sick little riff at the end, though, on the guitar. Uh, yeah. Um, it's named Arabella because it's named after like a old sci-fi film called Barbarella. A little fun fact. Ah, yes. Um, I Jane um, Fonda. Don't remember. Do you not have the other part of that? Why it's the combination? Come on, bro. No, I don't. So, Get, hit it with me. Yeah, it's his girlfriend, Ariel. Ariel combined with Barbarella. Ah, didn't know that. There you go. Uh, super cool song. Starts out smooth and dark, and then gets very rocky with the addition of the guitar and the altering of the drum beat as well. The song interpolates War Pigs by Black Sabbath, if none of you realized, uh, with the guitar hits followed by the hi-hat quarter notes uh, that lead into the brunt of the chorus. And Turner emulates Ozzy Osbourne in the bridge with the effects that they use uh, that more or less doubles his voice, which is a technique that Ozzy Osbourne is known to use. Um, I told and- you they were a Black Sabbath cover band. <laughs> And often while performing this song, they often start playing a part of War Pigs behind the guitar solo near the end, which is also very cool to watch. I encourage you guys to watch it. There's a link to it in the Discord. You got it. I saw it live. (laughs) You saw it live. All right. And that leads us to our next song, I Want It All. Then we get to I Want It All. I don't want all all of this song i don't want very much of this song um it's weirdly ominous for me it just kind of i don't know i don't know about this one uh the synth solo is nice i like the synth solo um i don't know every time i listen to this one i just found it kind of grating and there's nothing i could specifically pinpoint and go that's that or yeah it's that this one i just i mean you come off from arabella which i really really liked and then we go into this one and i'm like i just don't know if it has the same quality it really like um it just it didn't get stuck in my head or make me go i want to listen to that one again 
there. I know where you're coming from. Uh, I like the music on this one, but unfortunately not as big a fan of the vocals. And there's so very little lyrics to have an opinion one way or the other. Um, it feels a little like a filler. <clears throat> like it wasn't finished, but uh, we'll put it on here anyway. Um, so uh, I felt kind of the same way as Kale. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add. This is the last of the minute tracks for me. Um, I had a couple good things to say. Um, I like how the music drops out in the third verse, and it's just the voice. I think that really brings out the falsetto, makes it nice. And uh, I think there's another nice guitar jam on the bridge. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel like it's been fairly con consistent even among like avid listeners. It's a pretty basic song, uh, and it this also is like fairly consistent. Everyone thinks that it like it starts to really hit like at the third verse and then in the bridge with the cool guitar along with the shoe ops, but like that's like the only like good part about it. I I, I don't think it's a bad song, um, but it's definitely a bottom tier for this album. Uh, it sits bottom of the barrel uh not much else to say about it um our next song is number one party anthem i know we go into a slow <laughs> kind of it's a little we've little more the ballad section getting, yes um i wrote ballad um got a really slow beat um there's a an acoustic version of this which is also great um I'm doing at this point. I'm like, okay, he's doing a David Bowie impression on this song. I feel like he's trying his hardest to do his best David Bowie, Lou Reed kind of '60s sounding. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of this one my first couple of listens, but it's grown on me a little bit. Agreed, a thousand percent. This one was doing nothing for me and then suddenly i don't know what happened i was struck by lightning something um and i figured it out it's like oh this my it's suddenly part of my dna here i i like this uh the uh, i need kale's um uh accent on this one leather jacket Collar popped like an antenna. That is I've got to. Le <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Yeah. A leather jacket. Collar popped like an antenna. <laughs> that, I mean, great line. There's some other nice lines on this one too, but I mean, uh, I like the whole feel of this one. After about the third or fourth listen, uh, something changed. Uh, the imagery started kicking in, almost a nostalgic feel. Uh, even the irony of the title versus the actual <laughs> rather mellowness of the tune is clever. Uh, this is my second favorite song on the deal, where first, those first two listens, I'm going, what a pile, hot pile of garbage. This <laughs> wow. <is> number <laughs> number one party anthem this don't make no sense at all <laughs> i did a 180 on this one. Okay. yeah i agree i mean i think this one sounds like it's gonna be pretty consistent too i called it the anomaly of the album i was sure i would hate it forever 
and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one day it popped into my head on its own that number one party anthem, and I was like, "Shit, do I like this?" Um, so I have a quote from him um, about this song. He says, "I was trying to get away from melodies that stick on something, and it was one of the first melodies that meandered around a bit." You get that on Do I Want to Know and a couple of those as well on the melody and the bridge. It's almost kind of conversational more than melodic. It doesn't seem to follow a formula. You don't really know where the next line is going to move melodically, which is exciting for me. I think that line gives some insight. Um, this is me talking now. I think that <laughs> gives some insight into the song and uh, why I ended up loving it and like the subtle complexity behind it. And I think that's probably why it grows on you over time. You know, the more complex a song is, the less likely you are to like it on your first listen and the more likely you are to like it as you get familiar with it and like it more long term that way. Um, and I mean, I, I think when he says meandering, well, it's such a great word choice, especially with the come on, come on, come on. It's like uh, it, that can get really slow and meandering, but I it never bothers me. And now I like it. I, I'm. I love it. It's probably my second favorite song on the album as well. Yeah. Uh, we've now entered the ballad section, as I said, and ironically, as Dad said, uh, starting with number one party anthem. Uh, for me, Alex Turner does such a great job painting such a vivid scene of a party, and it pulls me, and it puts me into this like movie scene in my head of you're, you're looking at the main character's face while he's walking through crowds in a party. He's probably past the party phase or not feeling into it, but he's walking through it like three quarters speed and the music is muted in the background and it's just very cool image for me. I get it every time. It puts me in this place. And the music of the song makes it feel like I'm lost in a dream somehow. Overall, I feel like this is su it's very a very enjoyable song for me. Um, it's probably in my top five. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, it's. I feel like I, I'm grateful knowing that everyone enjoyed it. Um, I'm surprised more people didn't like Are You Mine, though. It's kind of crazy to me. Uh, our next song, Final Ballad, Mad Sounds. See, now, all of the imagery that you just described, I would give to this song. For me, it's oh. this song. This one has the slow intro. I'm like, wait a second. As far as I know in this album thus far, Arctic Monkeys are about punching you in the face with something, <laughs> some kind of sound. I mean, Arabella, Are You, uh, are you Mine, uh, you name it from those first few tracks. I mean, those are all in-your-face sounds that are stadium rocks. Um, and then we have Mad Sounds, this song that's just different laid back it's more like sway kind of back and forth and this song i really enjoy this one um it's relaxing kind of mysterious with the lyrics a little bit um kind of that slow opening which is a nice kind of refresher um and the keys and the drums building to the end is great i also love the ooh la 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 <laughs> It's great. I think it's great. It's uh, um, again, kind of again. It just keeps putting me back in that '60s ballad kind of mindset. Um, I'm thinking maybe more like uh, the early '60s, like uh, uh, the Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, something like that. Maybe. Um, 
but it's it's really nice um and has a really nice back and forth sway to it yeah my this uh is a little like the last song for me in that the first casual listens didn't click with me i think i was thinking what is is this oasis um, <laughs> uh, i can see that no i definitely see that um but again after a couple more listens i just really um got to dig it it's easy to listen to it's not necessarily super compelling but it's enjoyable it's just a nice tune to get you down the road on a warm summer day is kind of where it took me yeah i could go a little bit deeper i really love the message of this song you know like i think the lyrics are saying you know you might not be having a great time things might be tough but then all of a sudden how what's the, what's the line out of nowhere somebody comes and hits you with an ooh, la, la, la. <laughs> you know, it's like all of a sudden feeling good or at least you're feeling better those bastards got you again with a catchy hook or a nice melody or something to put you in a good mood and i think that's awesome and i think that the power of music is definitely a real thing um otherwise this is just a super chill song i mean great to do plenty of things to to lounge to to have on in the background whatever it's uh, i'm a fan of this one as well <laughs> He didn't say it this time, Kale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we all thought you were gonna say to smoke too, but you didn't say that. You said that last <laughs> week, but you didn't say it this week. A lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh yeah. Uh for me, while the message of number one party anthem was about waiting for an anthemic party song to continue the mood, Mad Sounds is all about how music can influence you and be healing in a way. And that makes it very logical to put after number one party anthem uh, because of the linear storyline, but also having similar sounds and also just being a ballad. And, you know, it, it makes sense that they're right next to each other. Um, I really enjoy the song and the image <laughs> the bridge gives me. It's, it always makes me smile. It's just an image of someone holding the words ooh la 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 like a bat and like coming out of nowhere and then smacking someone atop the head with them uh, from the line someone comes out of nowhere and hits you with yeah uh it always brings a smile <laughs> to my face yeah just boom and like now you're smiling because you just got smacked uh that always just makes me smile and the percussion at the end i think it's the bells uh give it such a nice resolve that makes it very hard for me not to love it so i think it's a fantastic song now we pick Agreed. up the pace with fireside I tried. <laughs> I really tried to really dig into this song. I feel like it starts and then it doesn't go anywhere. It kind of picks you up. And you're going and you're going and you're going and you're going and you're just going to keep going. Uh, the beat is unique. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to spice it up a little bit after a few ballads. Um, fine fine with me and i'm sure some people like it i just not i didn't write a whole lot this one really didn't grab me i thought it was a, a nicely constructed song the vocals and the music i thought really coexist nicely it's got a good chorus i just thought it was a nice short pop song that's it <laughs> that's it 
Okay, well, I mean, I guess this makes sense. So we're picking the tempo back up. I love it right away. Like, I think this one's, I don't know, hooks, hooks me off the bat. But come on. I mean, this one has groovy space guitar in the middle of it. <laughs> totally a Bart song. Totally a Bart song. <laughs> um, and that guitar persists the remainder of the song after the instrumental break. Um, I live just for that in instrumental break alone. Uh, love this one. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a fa fantastic song where the main premise is about a guy who's having a difficult time moving on from a relationship. Uh, there's the reemergence of the shoe ops from I Went It All, but in a little different style. Um, and you've got this really eth interesting, ethereal kind of sounding instrumental break that is really cool, as Bart kind of mentioned, the spacey guitar. Um, overall, it's very lovely, in my opinion. This is one of my favorites as well. Um, no way. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy <laughs> why'd you only call me when you're high now we're back in it now i'm like all right okay cool this one i mean from from those first few notes i this is what i like to call a strut song i mean when you're like just this is a song that i can walk to with confidence you know uh awesome awesome um his uh, staccato delivery on some of the lines, I don't have any that stuck out to me in particular, but I just, his uh, phrasing is awesome for this one. Uh, it's just different. Sorry. Just agreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, just giving you a solid hell yeah, because I like what you said. Keep, it, keep him coming. Um uh, the uh, the way he delivers the title of the song is also fantastic. Um, and then the double time at the end is great. This is a strut song, man. Why'd you only call me when you're high? Interesting question. <laughs> but, it, but an easy answer, really. Is he that dense? I mean, uh, come on. Uh, the highlight of this song for me is the first four lines of the chorus. That yep. phrasing, like you mentioned, it's hypnotic. It is so good. Um, really nice. And then I'm starting to realize, maybe you guys did this earlier in the album. Maybe you noticed, but I'm a little slow. Uh, the subject matter is nearly always the same. It's like miniature tigers from last week. It's relationship rock. It's like this woman thing. Every, you know, I mean, it's like every song is couples therapy. Uh, I don't mind, I guess. Uh, but this is the track I started noticing. Coming from the guy who says music is one of three things always. <laughs> yes. Okay, granted. Uh, is that my cue? Three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first and foremost, love this rhythm as it's been touched on, the strut song. When you said strut song, the first thing I think of is that silly Spider-Man movie where Peter Parker kind of has an emo look. Do you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like Spider-Man <laughs> 2. Like, uh, I don't know why that pops into my head, but it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, and after that, I... I Love that you hit that point. Then on to Dad, your point, the the first few lines of the chorus, I mean, again, those are that's enough of a song to live for. Like 
now it's three in the morning. Like it's uh, and it's so good, so good. It's just rapturous. If I had to use a word, <laughs> ooh, good I, one. A word? Is ooh, that a word? Nice no. vocab. Um, I, but, you I'm know, sure of it. I get that vocab title every week. <laughs> um, there's some great falsetto backers again in this one. Um, super fun song, but I would say kind of ironic to me because uh, coming from personal experience, at least, uh, and people I'm around. Normally, you're not making booty calls when you're hot. Um, normally, you're pretty set at that point. Uh, usually pretty melted and more, mostly just looking for a snack. Uh, um, so I can't really relate to that one. And not that kind. Unless he's high on something I'm not as familiar with. Um, but anyway. That's all speculation. Uh, yeah, to be fair, um, I think high might be slang for drunk. I think it might be like British slang Which for would drunk. Be much more. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a music video that jumps off uh, of the music video for uh, Are You Mine? Um, and it's like partying, and I think he's like leaving a party or whatever. Um, so I think it makes sense. Uh, I think that's what it's about. Um, but I don't have much to say about this song besides that I really enjoy it. Apparently, the beat is a Dr. Dre beat from 2001 that, in the in the words of Alex Turner, they gave it an Ike Turner Beatles bowl cut, then set it off galloping along a Stratocaster into a liquid live show. Um, whatever that means. I don't know means. how I missed... How, how did I miss that? I should have caught that Dr. Dre beat. Uh, anyways, super sexy song. It's great, and there's a how reason why. How did you why. say it? I see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no bullshit. Maybe I'm oh. mad. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's great, and there's a reason why it's amongst their most popular. Um, and then our next song, Snap Out of It. Nice connecting uh, uh, theme goes from Why Do You Only Call Me When You're High to Boom, Snap Out of It. That's cool. I like that. Um, now we're back into like this kind of driving uh, beats. The first thing I wrote was musical theater. I was, I think that's wrong. Uh, it's not that. It's just a driving kind of do 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 do. You know, um, and it's got that like real time. It really does snap you out of that last track. Um, guitar is awesome, um, and the drum fills are also spectacular. Um, this reminds me of Three Dog Night. I can't help it. It just with that. Dun, 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 dun. I remember so, when. I remember. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I was going more for one, but uh, uh, yeah, I didn't write a whole lot. This is a really nice one. Uh, the Pink Pop. Uh, live at Lollapalooza. Oh, there's a Lollapalooza in Argentina. That's good. And um, uh, Pink Pop 2014. That's also good of this live. Catchy tune. Evil lyrics, I thought. Um, uh, it sounds like settling down or giving up, but it don't sound much like you, girl. Kind of a douche move, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I like the song. He was just saying it doesn't sound like you. You don't sound like you're a person who settles down. That's, yeah, that's not quite what he's saying. Okay. Uh, he's going a little farther than that. Um, like, choose again. 
Yeah. Op option B over here. Okay. Uh, Let's do for the second one. <laughs> Jack, you got the little drummer factoid on this one? Yes. Yeah, I'll do that <gasps> then. Um, otherwise, um, not a ton to say about this one, but I think the chorus is super catchy and singable. Uh, grab both your shoulders and shake. Mm -hmm. Snap out of it. Love that. Uh, yeah, this it's a factoid uh, specifically, I mean, mainly Kale, but uh, who's going to like it? But I'll get to that. Uh, yeah, so this is a song that seemingly didn't want to be written. It, it, it's coming. It's 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 in this story. Uh, Alex, yeah, Alex couldn't believe that there wasn't a song that had the title. He thought it was like a gimme song. Like this whole premise is like it's a song waiting to be wrote. It's, it was almost too easy. Um, and then their drummer broke his hand. Um, so they're like, we can't lose two weeks. So they called their pal Pete Thomas, who was the drummer for Elvis Costello, uh, <laughs> who loved the idea of the song and rewrote it for them. Alex said that if it weren't for Pete, the song probably wouldn't exist. Um, so big ups to Pete. Uh, I love the song. It's the poppiest song on the album, but it's also fun to sing along to. Uh, especially that I want to grab both your shoulders and shake, baby. Love that. Uh, on to the sexiest song, Knee Socks. Really? Eh, maybe premise-wise. Hey, time out. I was going to say, this is your sexy song? I don't no, think so. No, I think, uh, think lyric-wise, I think what he's talking about is the sexiest. Okay. Knee Socks. Back to a funk kind of beat. Um... It's got a cool breakdown in the middle, which is awesome. Um, falsetto with an exclamation point. Um, this is kind of a weird one. I, uh, I, it, it just was kind of strange. There were a few, um, there are a few lyrics that I really liked. I love January blues. I think that's works on like two different levels at least, um, both in terms of color, feeling, and musical genre. I think that's really nice. Um, it's a good one. I don't have a whole lot on this one. Um, the Suzanne Vega Tom's Diner ripoff in the opening. Uh, I mean, did it do that? Is that not on here? Did anybody not hear that, or did I imagine that? You might have imagined that. Hang on. Oh, okay. So you're saying the guitar riff sounds like it, it does kind of sound like that. The guitar goes ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it. And he's right. saying it sounds like do 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 me right there. Okay, yeah, I get it. Ah, okay. Arguably okay. the best part of this. Song. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is. There's there's a couple sweet lines uh, lyrically, but. Not enough. I thought the music's a little sing-songy. Uh, maybe that's that opening that stuck with me. I give the song a solid eh. Okay. <laughs> that's crazy. Because I, I feel like we've mostly been in agreement for almost the whole album. And this is one of, if not maybe my favorite. Um, what? Especially the chorus. I love it. How do you not love this chorus? Did you look at the lyrics for this chorus? Yeah, sure. 
When the zeros line up on the 24-hour clock, it's so smooth. It's just like it's just like that other chorus that draws you in. I don't know. And it paints that picture when you walked around your house wearing my sky blue Lacoste, the polo, yes. obviously, and your knee socks. I mean, come on. That's my couple of sweet lines right there. And, and then there's a dirty falsetto bridge. I mean, <laughs> our, our, our boy Josh is back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I love this one. I'm, I'm surprised to see it not getting loved. Yeah, it, no. Maybe yeah. I, maybe maybe it's a listen. Sh I'm a listen short yet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I need one more time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, another appearance of our boy Josh. Huh? This track is so damn goddamn good. Uh, everything about it, from the drums and the guitar riff to the bridge, where it's so hard to understand what is being said, but. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, the really fast, you and me could have been, anyways, you have to look at the lyrics to know what they're saying. Um, all the way to Josh Homme's James Bond haunting vocals in the background, if you guys remember that. All the zeros lined up. You know, in the background, it's like echoing. I don't know how you guys missed that. I said, <laughs> are you mine was sex as a description. This song is describing sex pretty much. Uh, both achieving their goal and great success in their own way. Uh, it's a fantastic song. I can't get enough of this. This is probably number three for me, if not two. Uh, and then the final song. Yeah, it's it's popular. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't understand that. I'm gonna have to give it another listen. I'm yeah, like, you got to I, I, I don't. I don't know why this song is as popular as it is. Okay, come on. <laughs> I don't want to be left out. Uh, all right. Final song. I want to be yours. Now it's sexy time. <laughs> this, this one, this is slow. I mean, I literally, my first note is it's sexy time because that's exactly the beat. That's the feel. It is. I. This is the uh, the girls in the audience uh, for the live show. I mean he sings it to them like that's this is this is sexy time um oh, i want to be your i want to be your vacuum cleaner what comedy the fuck <laughs> is that <laughs> it's funny but <laughs> all right it's funny i did laugh i did laugh it is funny uh kind of it's and as the song progressed i was like oh it's kind of getting like trippy and sexy at the same time i was like oh this is kind of an interesting kind of feel um there's a uh an acoustic version of this which i will recommend um and a voodoo music festival version um this one made me blush this is definitely one that was like oh <laughs> Yeah, and check out their uh, live version uh, from the Hard Rock Cafe in Kissimmee. Uh, it's to die for. Wow. You probably, you probably won't find that, actually. But Did uh, you just make I that up? To, I, had to, I had to go <laughs> kale on that you're one. You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> We're having fun. Kale We're having like... fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this tune <clears throat> this tune is uh simple it's plaintive it's declarative repetitive and i really dug it uh 
I just want to be yours is about all that's said, and it's all that needs to be said. Uh, although I did have to look up Ford Cortina because yep. I've never heard of that before. Anybody else look up Ford Cortina? It's, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Please describe. I had to because I knew he was saying Ford, but I'm like, Ford what? Cortina? What's a Cortina? Yeah, it's a car they made for the British market. Mm. Uh, uh, and thus, you know, uh, but I won't rust or whatever the line is. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is uh, this is the ying to are you mine's yang. You have are you mine and I want to be yours. Mm. I just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> um, he's just Oh, nice. Playing on the same idea. He's just flipping it. And there you have another song. But uh, I enjoy this one. This, you know how I said there were a couple other songs that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this one. Or like, especially, what was it, Number One Party Anthem? At first I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to like this one. This one I felt that way about, and I still feel that way about. <laughs> uh, this, this, this one never really grew on me. I mean... I'll admit it does does make me laugh or at least make me smirk when I listen to it, but musically I don't really get any enjoyment out of it. But I, I will say the lyrics do crack me up, and I think I'm just finding this out now. I'm just reading this off the genius page. Yeah, <laughs> it says I'll be your Ford Cortina and I'll never rust. Uh, that Cortinas <laughs> were extremely prone to rusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like. Which is just icing on the cake for this already so tongue-in-cheek song. Um, yeah, just makes it extra funny. Yeah, uh, like they've all said, it's basically just comedy for me because of the lines like, I want to be your vacuum cleaner breathing in your dust. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Uh, but with further research, uh, I found out the song is actually a poem of the same name by John Cooper Clark. With the exception of the line, secrets I have held in my heart are harder to hide than I thought. That was in Alex. Alex added that himself for the chorus. Um, the poem itself was supposed to be semi-comedic, as the they always rested. They were extremely prone to resting, uh, as Bart said. Uh, but Alex and his band have kind of turned this into a legitimate love song, uh, which you have to give great praise for. I feel like just turning poems into songs is hard enough by itself, but then to turning it into like a it, I mean, it's all right. I mean, he, it was straight from the source material. He didn't do much with it besides, you know, make it into a song. Like, he didn't change the lines. So it, it's good for what it is, I think. Um, I mean, it still sits at the bottom tier along with I Want It All. Don't get me wrong. But I still think it's decent, and I, I, I'll listen to it for the occasional smirk and to sing along with, I want to be your vacuum cleaner, <laughs> breathing in your dust. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, occasional I, I really love smirk. It. Yeah, the, the good old occasional smirk should be a. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been AM, boys. We did it. Uh, we've come through. Uh, in record time, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, any closing remarks, boys? Um. Well, if I will. Oh, sorry, Bart. Go ahead. I forgot we were going in order. No, you go. You go. Okay. Okay. Well, (laughs) if you insist. Um, 
Interesting one. Uh, this was fun. Uh, I love listening to stuff that I've never heard before or have really no connection to, um, which is the reason I'm always excited for Jack Weeks and Bart Weeks. No offense, Mark, but we come from the same, like... <laughs> two peas in a pod. I mean, I, two pea, I, really, musically, it's like we grew up listening to the similar, at least the same stuff, but the younger and newer stuff is always fun for me to get into. Um, and hearing artists that I knew and that I didn't know a whole lot about, this has been a great, um, great introduction, I would say. Um, I'd love to go back and listen to some of their deeper tracks uh, and some of their older albums because apparently they sound different and that's exciting to me. So uh, overall, really good experience listening. Yeah, I would agree as well. Um, I was going to say that I think I will recognize an Arctic Monkey song anytime it comes on now. Uh, but if they sounded different earlier, maybe I won't. <clears throat> um, but there are several tracks off of here that I appreciate very much. And one that is still, that's music. Uh, <laughs> For sure. And then, you know, uh, number one party anthem. I'll have to slip in occasionally uh, for sure. And uh, what's the track? Uh, kind of mellow, the going down the road song. Was that, uh, oh, was that Fireside? Hang on. Hang Mad on. Sounds? Mad Sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Sounds. Uh, some good stuff. I'm, I'm, I am happy for the experience for sure. Agreed. Uh, you know, I haven't looked into any new Arctic Monkeys music since high school. I, I've still had some of their other music on repeat, specifically off those two albums I mentioned earlier. Um, but it's, it was nice to find that I still like what they're pumping out, even as they grow up with me. Um, in this album, and I listened to the newest one, that uh, kind of spacey lounge <laughs> one, uh, which isn't bad either. Um, uh, I still say my favorite is the first one, the whatever you think I am, that's what I'm not. And if anybody wants to listen to Bart's favorite Arctic Monkeys song, that is Dancing Shoes off that album. Quality song. Uh, so glad you listened to Bass Tranquility, or Tranquility Bass Hotel and Casino. Love that album. I've been listening to it like every day at work. Um, well, that's way art album too I think. yeah yeah i'm glad i'm really glad you like yeah. it a lot of people don't uh like uh, buddies of mine who are super into arctic monkeys um and bands like it um hate that album uh they they'd be fine with it if it wasn't put under um arctic monkeys name because it to be fair it is a big switch up um but that's fine uh Little shout out to um, Alex Turner. He actually has two side projects. Uh, one is called The Last Shadow Puppets. I believe that's a bit slower. I think it's more R&B based. Um, and then he also has a solo artist, which right now he's only released one album, and it's a soundtrack to a movie he made. Um, but it, it's all vocals, which is interesting. I haven't watched his movie either. I think I might have to do that. Uh... But yeah, um, yeah, I super enjoyed uh, enjoying and hear, hear, enjoying listening to this. That's another excuse too. Um, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. 
uh, and have a few takeaways from it. That's super cool to me. Um, and that's what we're here for, I guess. Um, guys got hey, any... Yeah, what's up? If anyone wants extra credit, check out their live performance on YouTube at the Hoboken Motor Lodge in the Blue Room there. It's it's, it's to die for. Uh, the fantastic. Hoboken Motor Lodge? <laughs> the Blue that's, Room? I, I, I'm not even... Out of here. <laughs> they have different rooms in the Hoboken Motor Lodge. <laughs> well, they're all blue. Okay. <laughs> okay, do we have a few describing words for this uh, album? Ethereal. That's kind of tough. What'd you got? He said ethereal. I said. Okay. Yeah, I actually don't know. I don't. I don't have anything off the top. Um. British rock. I mean, is this is this uniquely their sound, or are there other bands that sound similar to these guys? Oh, wait till my next week. <laughs> there are similar okay. sounds, especially their older stuff. That it gets pretty similar. Okay. With bands like The Strokes. Oh, I love The Strokes. Yep. Not steal my album. Ooh. So we have The Strokes next week. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, definitely not. Strokes won't be for one. About uh, the Stooges. <laughs> uh, so... Not gonna lie, I considered a Stooges album. Oh boy. Uh, so are we gonna score this? <laughs> yeah, let's score this. Uh, All right. I'm gonna think about mine for a second. Kale, do you get it, Tom? I am going to go. Let's see. I did really enjoy this one. I'm going to give it a, an exact, precise, right down the middle 3.5. I'm going 3.7. Doing some quick comparisons here. I was thinking right about that same spot. And looking at the rest of these, I'm going to go 3.7 as well. Okay, we're no, we know Jack's a little bit biased. Um, I'm going to go... Jack's 4.9. No, no, judge no, no. I think, I, I'm think i thinking like 4.2, 4.3. I, I think I'll probably give it to 4.2. And that gives us 3.5 plus 3.7 plus 3.7 plus 4.2 divided by 4 gives us a 3.775. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Seems right. All right. Moonlight. Who's, Feels right. It's Bart's pick, right? No, it's Kale's. Oh, yeah, you're right. Kale's pick. My bad, my bad, my bad. It is indeed my pick this week. And like, let yeah, me tell you. <laughs> Just skip over here. We're doing the strokes. <laughs> you um, like this week? Well, it's the same. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> We're going deep into Franz Ferdinand's catalog. <laughs> um, so this has been one heck of a week. I have been tossing and turning on so many albums. There was one that I was going to save. But I figured, you know what? What's the point in waiting? Let's do it this week. Uh, do we have a group chat that I can drop this in? Or uh, yeah, you could just drop it in this Discord, uh, in the okay in the text chat. Uh, let me... Ah, there it be. Uh, 
Here we go. Paste. Oh. And... So, the album this week was kind of uh, up in the air. I didn't really have anything specific that I wanted to precede this. So we're going to take an interesting route. Uh, If this podcast is truly about expanding musical genre interests, uh, this might be something out out of folks' comfort zone. This is Judas Priest's Painkiller album from 1990. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's metal. (laughs) <laughs> this is not this is not like extreme. This is definitely not the heaviest stuff I've ever listened to. It was definitely my first real introduction into uh, metal music and heavier sounds. I've been a Judas Priest fan for a while. And in recent years, this has become my favorite of all their albums. Um, and it's become and I did some research and apparently it's really the one that splits Judas Priest fans down the middle because a lot of older guys will go for the classics and the younger guys really like this sound. Uh, This is definitely their heaviest sounding record. Um, And it's got the most um, bite, I would say. And it's definitely the most metal of all of their uh, albums. So some uh, quick notes here about this one, because uh, there's a few things that I need to address. Um, the song Battle Hymn and the song uh, One Shot at Glory. Uh, Battle Hymn is all instrumental. Just count that as the introduction to the song right after it. Um, and then Leather, Re- Leather Rebel Live, uh, which is at the very, it's the very oh, last yeah. track. I would like right there. Can you say that again? Oh, yeah, Battle yeah. Hymn? Yeah, Battle Hymn, uh, count that as the intro to uh, the song right after it, One Shot at Glory. Like, that'll just be an intro. It's, we're not going to, I don't really want to deep dive into that one because it's just an instrumental and there's not a whole lot going on. Um, No offense, but. uh, And then Leather Rebel Live, uh, that's going to count as an extra credit one. Uh, I'm not going to count that as one that you have to write a ton of notes about. Um, For the non-metal listeners who don't like metal music, here's how you go about approaching, I think, something that's heavy. Don't listen to it all in one sitting. Just maybe listen to one or two. Take a day, kind of, or an hour or so, and just and just let it sink in. You don't have to listen to it all the way through. Um, mix and mingle as you wish, um, but most importantly, enjoy. Uh, I'm actually thrilled to hear uh, what you guys are going to say next week because this is either going to be, yeah, this is great, or it's going to literally kick me out of this podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's what you're going for. <laughs> he wants <laughs> out. <laughs> He's sick and tired of it. I don't know. I bought a uh, Motorhead album many years ago and, uh, oh. you know, got into Lemmy a little bit. Uh, so we'll see. I know He's a few awesome. Judas Priest songs, obviously. But... L- let me drop a fun Motorhead fact for you here. So um, <laughs> the song Ace of Spades... Okay, uh, we all know it. I was 
big fan of uh, because it was on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. And uh, somehow made it into my iTunes library. And now on my phone is alphabetically the first song in my iTunes library. So whenever I plug my phone in my car now, it automatically plays. It's, it drives me fucking insane. Like to where now I can never listen to that song again. And every Just, single time I, like I don't have time, I'm furious. Just uninstall Apple Music from your phone if you don't use it. I, uh, if I, I can't. Okay. What's Fair. the one that always comes up on mine? For me, I've uninstalled it because I never had any music on it. But I have bought a ringtone for a dad, which is the Magnum theme song, the Magnum PI theme song for his ringtone, and it saves it as a song. So, like, if I don't have Spotify up and I double tap my AirPods to play music, it goes, it's, it plays it automatically. I'm like, God damn it! Uh, but all right, glad Thank- to hear you've got one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one too. It's an oldie. I can't think of it now, uh, unbelievably, but does the same thing. Comes up every time, and it's like, oh, you can't <laughs> stop it quick enough. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, listen along with us. Uh, Painkiller album by Judas Priest. Judas Priest. Um, and Judas Priest. Let us let us know if you listened to AM. What you thought, what your thoughts were about it. If you agree, disagree with some of us. If you have something to yell at us about, go ahead and do that. Um, if you hate Kale, put it in the comments. Week, let well. him know. Uh, you can find him at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I was so picking a Slayer album. <laughs> All right. Talk to you boys next week. Good night. Later. Bye. Bye.